Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me share this on the uh, page. Hold on, I'll be right back. All right, I'm gonna go share it too. Man, I feel good being back. <laughs> All right, cool. I'm back too. All right, I'm about to share now. Right, one, two, one, two, man. Back like we never left. This is Good Life Russ. Good morning, Good Life Russ. DJ Love, formerly of the Uptown Show. Again, as I stated before, the Uptown Show is going to be retired um, very soon here. I'm just trying to figure out how to change the name on the actual page without losing my followers or having to start a new page. So hopefully I'll be able to do that. But in the meantime, we're still um, going ahead and uh, streamyarding live from the Uptown page. Uh, it's been a while for my man, and I know you know y'all seen the transitions happening with me. Before we get started, I wanna give a big congratulations out to Pretty and Petty. Um, you know, I've been really, you know, the word that's been stuck in my head is determination, and Brittany is really determined to really keep things going. And I know a lot of times when you're going through, you know, different transitions and stuff like that, it's, it's hard to keep things going. So I really wanna commend her. She brought on a new staff member, and it's, you know, it's, it's pretty dope what she got going on. So big kudos, big shout out to Brittany. Uh, but we got my man, Good Life Russ, in the building, man. What's going Yo. on? Yo. <laughs> it feels good being back, man. I miss doing this. Yeah, yeah, man. A lot has been going on in the past month or so. And, um, man, just glad to have you back, bro. I sure. I sure. It's good to be back. Yeah, man. As, as we said, the, the topic today, the world is... I would say it's changing. It's just that, you know, a lot of truths are now what they say the revolution will not be televised. Well, you know, the revolution was definitely televised <laughs> this week. And, you know, we're talking about, I mean, isn't it, isn't it, isn't it funny that it happened in Montgomery, Alabama? Yeah. Oh, it's hilarious. But it's, it makes like sense. Circle. Yeah. Full circle. 50 years later, some 40, 50, no, 50 years later, that Yeah. Alabama's come a long way. It still, it, it still feels like it's in the past. But yeah. there's a lot of change happening down that way. You can tell. Yeah, and, and, and just to, to think that, you know, I think, you know, we'll go forward to go back. When I seen the perpetrators in handcuffs, that was something I, I usually didn't see. I, I really thought that, you know, the laws, especially, you know, uh, that would be coming down there in riot gear and causing havoc amongst the black people. But they really did get it right this time. And that, that's usually not the case. Yeah. And from what I seen, it seemed like the first responders were black, the cops. In the security, I couldn't tell who was who, you know, in the in the skirmish. But when at the end, when you <laughs> set free my man with the chair, when they started arresting him, I was like, "Oh, all the cops is black," and I understood <laughs> what I was ready. They had to get him off the street. <laughs> he was cutting up. <laughs> that's what 
change the lingo and the rhetoric of what's happening but let these people speak our truth i've seen a lot of backlash from uh, the comments saying you know how we say like we're not our grandparents things like that yeah i think people are taking that the wrong way that's not a shot at our grandparents right this is just the fact of the matter more of them would not have you know retaliated like this that's all we're saying some of them retaliated a lot of them did but our whole generation you know, mine and yours, we, we want that smoke. Like, we want that smoke. We, we, we're we so tired of reading about injustices. We're so tired of hearing stories passed down through family about injustices. Like, we're not going to stand on the sideline and just hope voting changes things. We're not going to stand on the sideline and hope, you know, boycotting changes things. Like, we're, we're willing to get physical. Well, you know, I think there is a little bit of disrespect when that's being said, and I, I even, you know, check myself when I said it, is because, I mean, if you really look at history and the riots, the riots were actually a revolt. You know what I'm saying? The riots, the Detroit riots, the Chicago riots, the Boston riots, those were actually revolts where a lot of people got killed in those riots. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Uh, you didn't even take the 1992 riot. Rodney King, that was a revolt. So, you know, I, I think we really do need to understand that not everybody followed the Martin Luther King nonviolent route. You know what right. I mean? Right. No, I agree. I agree. But I don't, I, I, for us, and this is where I feel like we always get the short end of the stick, it doesn't take away that we, we're, I mean, we're different. White people treat us different. They talk to us different. Yeah. We haven't come this far as black people to where, like, we're a real threat again. I think for a point in time, they started to feel like we weren't a threat. Like we weren't going to, we were always going to take the high road. I think that's a compliment. You know what I mean? Like my grandmother was one to take the high road and I'm not, and and that's not by any means saying she's a weak person because she's not, she wasn't, you know what I mean? But she, she was, I would, she's what I would call righteous. We're not going to say religious or spiritual. She was righteous. She believed in humanity. She didn't want to hurt people. She wanted to give people a chance until, you know, their better came out. Mm-hmm. And that's and that what is what I would say is the biggest factor that is different from us. I think we're compassionate. I think we'll be nice to you until we feel wrong. But for me to be nice to you for 30, 40 years when I'm feeling wrong, right. I can't do that. I can't promise that. You know what I mean? But in our first meeting, yeah, I'll be nice to you. I'll be neutral. And so you I start seeing that hatred in your heart, I gotta fight fire with fire. I, I'm more I'm but I've always been with Malcolm. I've always believed like we have to fight back. I think the more we don't fight back, they're gonna keep going. You know, bully doesn't leave you alone when they see you you not fighting back. They're gonna pick on you more. Well in my opinion. And and I think that 
that's why I'm glad that whoever I want to give a medal to the person who videotaped it from the beginning to the end. Yes. <laughs> I want to videotape because who would have thought you would have had the fortitude to record a conversation? It was just a con it started out as a conversation. Now an aggressive conversation, so be it, I'll be it, but a conversation nonetheless. Who knew that that was going to escalate to that? But get, get back to my point. Mm -hmm. I really saw in the beginning stages of this video a man doing his job. Yes. A man just doing his and 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 from what I understand, a middle-aged man. Am I right or wrong? Yeah, yeah, he was. I mean, and I know I don't look at all the time, but I'm middle-aged. So, you know, at the end of the day, I'll be 50 next year. And, you know, even though I'm, I'm still very youthful, a lot of things, you know, I, I got knee situations going on, back situations, a lot of things happen. So, you know, when I have to go to work and do anything, it takes great effort to do certain things. So, you know, this man is out here trying to provide for his family, probably don't want no smoke, but at the end of the day, he depends on his job. Right. And you have people with privilege that think that they can do and say anything that they want and you see this thing escalating because this man is going to stand on what he was paid to do. But then I think the call to arms was he didn't have to be assaulted. I mean, you could you could exchange words all day, but once once I seen you know this younger person assault this man, I would have swam across that dam and, and did yeah. yeah. Which he had to me. And I'll be careful with my words, and I'll explain what I mean. But to me, in this day and age, the white guy had to assault him. He didn't have a choice. And, and these are the things that I mean when I say things are different. White people don't feel like they have that authority with us no more. You dig what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that's why I say the boat tobacco would have happened differently back in the day, especially because it was work-related. And all he was really asking you to do was move your boat, which technically you weren't supposed to park it right there anyway. Right. So to me, more people than not back in the day would have just been let like let the police handle it or like I'm about to get a manager. You know what I mean? Right. We gonna take that into our own hands. Like I asked you to move the boat, and I know there's another one coming in full of you know what I mean, full of <laughs> my people. Move the boat. <laughs> like <laughs> and if it goes into an argument, we about to argue because move the boat. Like I already told you what you need to are you getting off the boat? Like what we doing? You know what I mean? You're gonna hear my mouth. Right. So he almost had to assault him because, man, white people talk talk to me like that, sir. Like, like they're your manager, or like they're, you know what I'm saying? Like they're in charge of you or something. Like, <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I'm in charge right here. You see it on all these new videos of police violence. The black guy will literally be in the cop's face saying, "Like, you have no control here. You have no power here. You're doing this because you're power tripping." And this is 2023. You have no power here. You you can't tell me what to do. You can't throw me in jail for just being black. So you're going to do what I'm telling you to do. Or there's going to be repercussions. And boy, fuck around and found out. <laughs> he, that boy wasn't alone that day. He had a whole army with him. Let me, let, me, let me drop the color line for a second. And let's go back and, and put a bookmark in your conversation. Let's yeah, go, yeah, yeah. go back to 2020. Yeah. Columbus, Ohio. Um, we were all downtown riding, well, not riding, uh, demonstrating, uh, for the gentleman, uh, what's his, what's his name? Um, 
he got killed uh, with a knee on his back. George Floyd? Yeah, George Floyd. We'll so, call it protesting. I think that's what they call it. Protesting. Yeah. I want to be politically correct and say demonstration. <laughs> I mean, it all to me, vandalism, riding, it all is all protesting. But yeah, well, protesting is the nice way, I guess. But I remember the curfew being set. Yeah. I remember uh, the law enforcement shoulder to shoulder, riot gear and everything. And they said, if you didn't go in the house by 10 p.m., uh, there would be, you know, they would wreak havoc on the city. Yeah. And this Generation Z, millennials, they wasn't scared at all, man. We was outside. <laughs> they did not go in the house. Yeah, we was outside. And and they paid no attention to the threats. And, and some of them took plastic bullets. So I, I was I was there. Some people took plastic bullets to the hip and chest, and and I was like, man, this is a different. I realized then that even Generation X is no match for millennials and Generation Z because y'all ain't scared of shit at all. <laughs> and what they couldn't anticipate it is that wasn't our first time, quote quote, protesting. <laughs> you know what I mean, like. I was on the lines with when Obama was going for president. Like, I remember, because I went to Shawnee State at the time. He came and speak, spoke in my school. Mm-hmm. And I remember the climate of the Midwest at the time when it was really, like, sundown counties, quote, unquote. You know what I mean? If that's still a huge thing. Like, I know it still exists, but our generation hasn't really experienced that much. But a lot of them was talking about, like, yeah, if Obama comes through, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Oh, my age, we was outside. We was like, all right, so we need to be in that city, posted up. When he get there, he going to speak, and he going to leave. He right. going to do what he came to do, and he going to get home. Like, we guarantee it. <laughs> so we was already on And at that time, I was in college. I was 18. You know right. what I mean? So we was already – we were already starting to predispose. And, again, we were able to grow up listening to them stories. We were able to grow up hearing the black people who were on the front lines originally. The ones who were giving out, who were doing WIC, who were making sure kids was eating in the neighborhood, were making sure people had places to stay when they got out of prison. You know what I mean? Like, so that that meant something. That's why I said in the beginning, it's not always disrespect. I think we just need to learn a better way to say things as younger people. Because we mean something different sometimes than what we say. But that I mean, we we were shown the ropes from the originals. And 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 here's 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 another example. I, I I'll take you even, you know. I won't do you one better, but the 2016 campaign trail for Donald Trump, y'all was outside showing yeah. up, looking uh, conventions, showing up to you know what I'm saying all the Republican conventions. I mean, like getting getting beat. I mean, yeah. like really forget that people were assaulted for demonstrating at Trump rallies, and. And that, that, that showed you again, hey, I mean, some people would even say KKK rallies, but nothing. Oh, yeah, they were. <laughs> nonetheless, yeah. we were there. Yeah. And I was like, man, that, that just showed a whole different side of fearlessness to me. Yeah, and it was kids. You know what I mean? Because I'm doing, at the 2016, like, I'm 30. So I'm thinking, you know, we about to be on the front line still. Oh, they had us in the back. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> Especially us ones who had already went hard for the Obama thing. So now it was kind of like a rite of passage. Like for me during the 2016 and on everything that's happened after, I got to just pass out water and make the t-shirts. I didn't have to be on the front line no more. It, it was 18 year olds. It was 21 year olds. They, and they, you know what I mean? They younger than us, ready to go. So you got a president to be telling law enforcement to mace them, beat them, do what yeah. you got. You know, he wasn't even in the White House yet and still had that influence. Yeah. And ours was stronger because we still have Flint going on at the time. We had reasons to come together. Yeah. And that's the that 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 if we're gonna nitpick or find a silver lining, that's the only one I can take away from the bro. Is us as black people got to get better at just coming together. Yeah, we come together good when it's when it's chaos. We come together good when it's some smoke. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We got to get better at just coming together <laughs> without all the nonsense, without having to whoop ass. Right, <laughs> just coming together. You know what I mean? So I, I think that's something we can take from it. But I think we did what we were supposed to do. Like yeah. at the end of the day, I don't see anything wrong with what happened in that situation. And I know we're coming off of a, you know, a summer where that little boy defended his mom and killed that guy in Chicago. Mm -hmm. There's a lot going on. You know what I mean? And in these moments, this is how we unify. This is how we show each other. Like, we got each other. We got your back. I ain't going to let nobody jump on you. And I don't even know you, but I know you. You it's, family. <laughs> it's so funny. Before I saw the real clips and, the, you know, we, we are hilarious. We are comedic people. So, you know, oh, when I see memes and the reels and all that good stuff. <laughs> and there was one, uh, a higher learning reel, and I made the first higher learning reference uh, when I seen the brawl. I mean, as it was going on, when I saw it much, I didn't see it as it was going on, but as we were, you know, sharing it the very next day, I said, man, that reminds me of that clip in higher learning. It says, man, if you really think that we're going to win this race war, he said, look at black people. They practice on each other every day. <laughs> what yeah. think would happen if you don't say it really came down to it? And that that's the sad reality of it. It's like we do. We practice on each other. Okay? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? First of all, uh the street fights, the video fights, the girl fights, we practice on each other every day. Yeah. And we've also evolved through that. And a lot of those movies at the time of higher learning was showing depicting what's happening now, like all the gangs uniting, which has been happening. Yeah, like especially if you're really into gangs and into that street culture, you know what I mean. You'll know like people don't really bang over colors no more. Like right. <laughs> you'll have bloods and crips that are best that roommates. You know, people don't bang <laughs> over that no more. Like they come together. I've seen cities where the police is getting out of hand. The gangs will come together, march down the street with the rags tied to each other. Like that's that's new. That's yeah. different. You know, and that and that is why. You hit the nail on the head earlier in the show, um, and I'll just give that to every black person. It's it's our resilience. You know what I mean? Especially when things are, are bleak, especially when things seem impossible. We become a whole different type of person. We tap into this whole different type of mindset. Mm. And what we're the sec and what we're working on doing is getting to that mindset as a community. It doesn't help if it's just a few of us sprinkled out. We got to get that to be common sense. You know what I mean? And what hurts us is phrases like common sense ain't common no more. And I feel like all of that pertains to us. You know what I mean? 
if we're going to be like the chosen people, you know, how black people look at themselves, we got to hold ourselves to a higher standard, too. Like, we can't just be jumping out the window for everything. Well, you know what? You know, um, I was talking to Westmore. Shout out to Westmore. I don't know if you accepted my friend request or not, but Westmore, let me let me take you back just a little bit. Okay. Um, I wanted to do a documentary on the Short North Posse, considering I'm a Short North native. Uh, I I really looked up glamorizing those guys. Those guys was was getting money. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I shared a magazine cover from Fans Magazine. And I said, man, you think, you know, Harlem and all this, that we had our own little situation, Young Boys Incorporated going on right here in Columbus, Ohio. So one of the founders and leaders of the Short North Posse, he comments and says, man, why would you post this? We are so far away from that. We're doing so many great things in the community. Why would you even glamorize this, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, coming from a real OG, I took it down, you know what I'm saying? Because what, even though he was he was checking me OG style, sometimes we all need a good checking every now and then, you know what I'm saying? As far as because I, I did it for the the publicity and for the hype of what that cover represented, and he was just like, "Man, this is not what we own right now." Now come full circle. This happened over a year ago. Come full circle. Tracy Taylor says, "I, I need you to do a speaking engagement for me to talk to some youth." about you know the essence of hip-hop and, and and a few other things and i said sure why not and so there's this mild-mannered guy just sitting there smiling and this that, and the other and i'm just looking at this that, and the other and um after i do my my seminar he says um thank you thank you for doing this and he said because this organization is for homeless youth homeless youth and they were all black boys you know in Biden. and you know, me and my brothers were homeless. And then suddenly he said in the conversation, he said, I'm from the shore north. I was like, wow, so am I. You know what I'm saying? What street? Mount Pleasant, Mount Pleasant. Oh, snap. So we started talking and talking, talking. He said, I'm West. I'm Westmore. You know what I'm saying? Blah, blah, blah. Talking about the shore north posse. And I said, man, you're the guy who came in my comments and told me to take that magazine cover down. And he said, yeah, because why are we going to perpetuate something that we were doing just to survive? And I'm, I'm getting to your point, Tim. What we see is the awakening of, even though what we did was wrong by selling the crack, by joining the gangs, we were really coming together to survive. You know what I'm saying? It was just, this was what the government trapped us with and provided us with because you couldn't tell a, a teenager in the 80s, I'm doing wrong when I'm providing money for my entire family. You can't tell a teenager in the 90s who joined a gang, I don't have a family. These are my only family. These are the people that put food in my stomach. But now, to your point, the awakening is that now people like West have the resources. They have the nonprofit organizations. You, Tim, have the nonprofit organizations. You have the knowledge now to say, okay, what we were really fighting over was resources, but now we can do it without the casualties. Now we can do it without the bodies. You know what I'm saying? So that was, that. I know it was a roundabout way of getting to your point, but I see what you're saying is that now with the knowledge, what we see is these gangbangers joining together is because we don't have to lay down bodies anymore. 
Mm-hmm. We can get money the other way. Mm-hmm. And that was how all of them started. You know what I mean? Like, where you start, that's where you're going to end up back at. And a lot of times we're stepping into an evolution or a cycle in the middle of it. So we don't know how it started or how it ended. And that can become the type of people that we are. We become people of resolutions instead of problems. Because the problem is usually the beginning. A resolution is the, the end of it. So we have to start ending these open the cycles that we're just choosing to join because they've been around. They're fraternities. You know what I mean? Because they've been around a long time don't mean they wasn't doing messed up shit back in the day. Like, <laughs> most of them were. That's how they're around this long. Most banks were doing crazy things. That's how they're around this long. You know, you don't get there from being a good person. Right. You get there from stepping on necks. And as black people, we're always trying to find out how to be the better person, how not to have to step on next. But we're willing to if it comes to that, if you put us in a bad enough situation, that was the projects. Which there's been projects all through history. You know what I mean? Right. All circling down to we had the first technical projects in Columbus. Like those things matter. Those things are huge. And you see how through the city, like everything's been changing. Everything's moving around, changing hands. But the one thing that stays the same is the black is these connections we're making, these networking we're making. You know what I mean? And that's what's important. And at a point in time, it was important in Columbus where you were from and who you were affiliated with. I think we're getting back to now you're on your own individual merit. If you're a good person, you're a good person. You're a bad person. You can't blame a whole neighborhood for that. You know what I mean? That's Those are your choices. You know what's funny, Tim? Good morning, sweetheart. Thank you so much. Um, I, I looked at you like you were crazy last year when you were, you didn't really care that the police force was shrinking. You didn't really care that the police force was quitting. And I really look at you crazy when I was promoting, there will be chaos without police. And he was like, how? You know, <laughs> I really, but that was my conditioning mentality that we need police, we need police, we need police. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't understand what you were saying until I saw that brawl. Yeah. I couldn't understand it because that was what we feared the whole time was, oh, the police are going to kill us, the police are going to kill us. And that was what we saw from from Tavon Martin up until the 2016, you know, George Floyd, and, and uh, I'm sorry, the 2020 George Floyd. This is what we saw. So we were looking at police and white people in general, like, oh, you know, there's something to be feared. And so when I said, you know, oh my God, without the police, who's going to protect us? Last Sunday show, who's going to protect us? Us. Us, yeah. You're going to protect us. Yeah. And I said, man, Tim was right. Because I just couldn't understand a world without police. Right. And that's how we were raised. You know what I mean? And that's who got the praise. Because when you're not giving yourself the accountability, you got to give it to somebody. And this is why someone has to step in for someone to step out. The fathers didn't just step out of the home. The government tried to step into the home. The OGs didn't leave the block. The cops are now posted up where they used to post up at. Like, someone has to come in to force everything out. We were living in harmony before slavery, before they came and took (laughs) us. They were the original police. You know what I mean? They're calling it right. They're policing our area. 
they're casing mm-hmm. our area. They're looking for crime. So you won't find it. There's no way you can't find it. Crime is everywhere. So mm-hmm. if you just look in one area, you can make it seem like crime is only happening in that area. And that became our crutch. We started to believe that. So instead of us calling our older brother, calling our uncle, now we calling the cops. And your uncle might just go talk to the little nigga. The cops is going to try to kill him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Your uncle may rough him up, but your uncle ain't going there to kill him. He ain't going there to put him in jail and throw away his life. He going there to teach him a lesson. And that's a different lesson for somebody throwing you in jail, telling you you're worthless, snatching you out of your environment. Like, we predisposed to that. We still got trauma and triggers from that. We ain't dealt with slavery. We just kind of moved on from it. You know what I mean? So they still have us enslaved in those type of ways. Right. That's what people like Kanye meant, when, what I feel like when they say we're still enslaved. We're still doing slavery practices. So it's giving us a slave mentality. You know right. what I mean? And the only way we could break away is how they broke away on the plantations, working together. Unity, realizing they got each other. So, yeah, I'm in this grim situation, but I got my health. I can look at my brother over there. He happy. He's smiling. You know, he got some resources. His wife is happy. She's smiling. She she got enough to help take care of the kids. She got enough so they ain't fighting over resources. Those are things to be happy about. But we start living that American dream. We start thinking if we play ball, things will change. If we get rich, things will change. If we start talking like them, things will change for us. We still black at the end of the day. So what can we do? Be black and be proud of that shit. You know what I mean? And we, we're re-identifying that. I won't say we're learning that because it's always in us. Right. We just got to relearn it. We were taught so much other stuff. We got to unlearn. You know what I mean? The George Washingtons and the white people and all the money. Like we, what we were taught is not real. You feel yeah. me? So we're, we're taking back our lives as black people. And it's, it's going to be rough. It's going to be aggressive. Good morning, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. Um, I know people were joking about it, but this really was a, 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 what do you call it? A pinpoint in civil rights. This was a pinpoint. Absolutely. Something that doesn't need to be joked about. I think they, they do need to commemorate that day in some sort of way uh, because it impacted so many of the Generation Z. I mean, of course, Generation Z is a big social media person, and I love it because we have taken the power of even media out of the powers that be hand. We determine the media and what we watch and what we see. So a lot of the gatekeepers and a lot of the red tape, this this really this really is a society or free for all, if you, if you will. But what I'm saying is that the means that were going around, like this needs to be marked in the Civil Rights Museum. I'm like, you damn right. It does. Damn right. It does. <laughs> because, I mean, it just sent shockwaves. People who are under that old regime, like, oh my God. And even myself, and this is why I'm saying, I always use this opportunity to be a transparent. I was telling my significant other, I said, man, white people ain't gonna let this ride. And, and I said, it's gonna be havoc and these cops is gonna make examples. But here we are days later, we ain't had a peep out of nobody. Yep. <laughs> Which means that that might've marked change. I'm not saying it solved everything, but it, it gave everybody a wake up call like, no more, no more of that bullshit. Yeah, because they knew something that we still are trying to understand. You know what I mean? And some of us know, but 
we outnumber them greatly. And I'm talking about the able body. <laughs> we all we outnumber them greatly. Cause most of the people who are trying to keep their old systems are older. We're talking about 70 plus. Like they're older people. That's an old generation's way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And a lot of their families been falling apart because their grandkids don't have the same views as you. They don't want to put the, the hood on and the cape. <laughs> you know what I mean? They just <laughs> They just want to work at Cheesecake Factory and make a living. Like, they don't want to have to do all that. You know what I mean? They're pacifists. A lot of them don't like war. They don't like what we're doing. You know what I mean? So you see them getting into the medical field. You see them getting into fields where they can help people, just any type of person. So what's happening now is it's, it's, it's the change. The tables is turning. You know what I mean? And I think that video was a lot harder for some black people than white people. Cause they, there's still some black people who just want to pretend like none of this has ever happened. Slavery, racism, none of it's never happened. They want, they wish white people could say the N word. They wish it was just no confrontation in the world. You know what I mean? But we are what we are. We didn't choose to be here. We didn't ask to be here. There's nothing we could have done to avoid it. What happened to us? So we're making the most out of it. You know what I mean? And you can't, to me, you can't fault people for that, especially in a messed up situation that they inherited. Right. So what's happening now is we're showing them they, they have no more power. They have no more authority because we gave it to y'all. Y'all didn't take it. You know what I mean? Again, there were only a few plantation owners on the on the plantation. There are sometimes with 60 black people, 50 black people, 30 black people. We gave them the authority willingly because we didn't want the confrontation. And now we're realizing that that's the only thing that's going to get us our quote unquote freedom. You dig what I'm saying? Man, a lot of a lot of myths were dispelled during this brawl. Uh, black people can't swim. Yeah, <laughs> I found that out fast. Oh, shit, <laughs> out, we're great swimmers. <laughs> Man, I yeah. was so proud because right then and there, it dispelled everything. Like that boy was swimming. Yeah. The first black man to swim to a damn fight. You know, what the I'm world saying? needed to see first, that. I take offense to that because I can swim my ass off. I'm Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but the world needed to see that because they even come for our young like that. They, you know, they weak, they soft, they was in the house, and nah, yeah. they want to smoke just like we want to smoke. We're getting that back to how it used to be, to where the younger people have respect for the older generation. And that's really, to me, is one of the big things we're lacking. It, it You know, people think it's education. They think it's money. Uh, we're lacking respect. We've lost respect. We stopped honoring the elders just to honor them. Now we need a reason. We need an excuse. They got to be Benjamin Button or Martin Luther King. You know what I mean? Like, no. Nah. <laughs> when I was growing up, I, I respected every elder every single one i'm holding doors open please and thank you and i see them trying to get up yo yo can i help you can i grab something for you you know what i mean there, there has to be a level of respect inside of every community i think and this is a good conversation the disrespect was based on the abandonment was mm-hmm. based on the systematic oppression that generation the millennials and generation uh, Z couldn't understand is that why he had to work so hard to even get or live in the suburbs. Granted, 
knowledge and not the conditioning to say that we don't need to live in the suburbs, we would have focused more on family, but there was so much ingrained in us to get out the hood, get out the hood, get out the hood, be different, be like these white folks, be live in a peaceful neighborhood, get away from the chaos. That the system was rigged for us to work twice as hard so we would be too exhausted to even deal with our family. Right. So, yes, these are the sins of us as Generation X. These are the sins of the baby boomers before me, my, my uncles and my dad and everybody. So these are the sins. But what was happening was we weren't apologetic about it. Yeah. We, like, keep it moving, toughen up. At least you're in the suburbs. At Man. Least, you know, I'm, I'm coming clean right now. You yeah, know that at least be killing things. Yeah, that I'm coming clean because I'm dealing with the truth. I'm dealing with the truth that says we fought so hard to get out the hood and to live a better life that we couldn't see the systematic game that was still being played on us. So therefore, like you said, we were taught in the uh, sorry Generation X and Baby Boomers, you respect your elders no matter what. And I referenced the little boy again. When y'all came along, y'all said, oh, bullshit. Because yeah. what, they're, what you're doing is just trying to make money solve the problem. Or you're trying to make this environment solve the problem. Um, you're even making a two-parent household solve the problem. Because we thought that solved the problem, too. But right. mom and daddy were both working and neglecting the children. You know what I'm saying? This is a hard fucking truth to face. Yeah. But now that we're all trying to heal because, you know, you can't put that out in the universe and it that have some sort of effect, right? Right. All we're talking about for the past two years, healing, healing, trauma, 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 healing, 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 healing. So now everybody's taking a step back and like, okay, what did we do wrong? Where did we go wrong? Now we still have a long way to go because once you have a mentality for, as, a, as, a, as a youth to say, I don't have to respect you. Once you have that mentality or like, I'm grown, you have five-year-olds saying, I'm grown. This is dangerous. It yeah. is. I'm grown. This is dangerous. It is. And I can see both sides. Um, uh, it, it's the same thing we're getting accused now when it comes to jobs. You know, I see a lot of news people and society saying we don't want jobs <laughs> no we want the right job we want a job that's going to pay us what we worth right. we want a job that's going to allow us still to have our life we want a job that cares about our mental health like that's what we want but we're excellent workers we'll, yeah. we'll work two jobs you know what i mean but it, it has to be a give and take and and the reason i feel like we've earned that right of passage because we've allowed so time so much time where it wasn't give and take it was just like you said, respect your elders because there was nothing yes. afterwards. You know what I mean? So now for us, it, it has to be a two-way street. It can't just be I'm giving you everything in exchange for nothing. You know what I mean? It has to be because, I mean, we had to grow up fast. So a lot of us are were adults before we even realized we had to be adults. We had to look at the world through adults' eyes. You dig what I'm saying? Um, some of us had children. like So you had to grow up quickly. And what's happening now is we done been in so many situations back and forth now. We just can't settle. 
you know, a lot of my friends it went through the, the suburb crisis, you know, and what I take from that is there were some people who wanted better for them family, but you're only looking through your eyes of what you consider better. Like you got to take in every single family member's idea of better. Cause a lot of my friends were sent out there. Like you said, under that premise, what well, a suburb is better, but then they went to Pickerington and it was racist and they got bullied the whole time. So to them, this was not a better move. And all their friends was in the hood. And this never happened to them in the hood. Right. They right. never had to deal with these type of interactions. They never right. had to deal barely, basically barely with white people. They barely had to deal with them. You know what I mean? I, I did a poll a few days ago. I asked on Facebook, think about your whole tenure in school. How many black teachers have you had? I mean, the answers were astonishing. Some were zero. Some were one. It was three for me, and that's all through all through school, even college. You know what I mean? Like that's a problem, and, and a lot of it is because my generation again was getting sent out of their district. They're getting sent to the suburb for for protection or for sports, and in the neighborhoods where they would have had people more likely relate to them and understand them. Now it's obsolete. You got some white teacher telling you what you should know and how you experience the world. So at home, they're just thinking, yeah, you know, we're in this up, we're doing better. And your kid's miserable. <laughs> they hate the, everything about this move. And this isn't one of those things that you can say, well, you'll, you'll understand in 10 years. Because what if they don't? What if they still don't understand why we had to move out here? And the fact that you did this for you, you feel safer out here. Mm. And to me, <clears throat> being better for your family, you got to first identify their needs. You got to realize what they want and what they're looking for. Because a lot of these kids just want the parent. They don't need a big house. They don't want a new neighborhood. They don't want the money. They want some attention. <laughs> Listen, I wish I wish somebody had told me that. Mm -hmm. I, I really do. But the, the, the thing is, is that when we, when we do start to have these conversations and we do start to heal, we start to go about things better. We, we take better out. One thing that I think this brawl brought about is the ass whooping is now coming back in style. Yeah. I, I want the ass whooping to come back in style and put the guns down. It showed that black people can fight. When that man said, hey, that 60-year-old man got hands, I was applauding like, yeah. yeah. Like, you just got a couple <laughs> black eyes. You just got, you know, you got your feelings hurt because you're going to be sore in the morning. That's it. Fuck out your crops. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> your feelings going to be hurt and you're going to remember this ass whooping because it's on viral and you're going to remember this ass whooping, but did you die? No, you didn't die. Exactly. You got a good old fashioned ass whooping and I think that's what everybody needs. You know what I'm saying? They do. And all of these things that are blowing up in our face, are for the better that that's the that's the bigger picture it's going to be rough and it's going to hurt but what we're showing each other in essence is the fact that a family can have unconditional love you dig what i'm saying your kids are not always going to measure you by your fuck-ups unless you just fuck up on it that's all they know from you right but if you change that that i, I promise they will forget that happened they will forget your parenting mistakes. They'll forget the time where you were sick. You couldn't beat it or forget the time you missed that game because they're going to start replacing that with what you're doing now, with who you've become. You dig? That's what that brawl has shown. Young people and old people, give each other more respect. Y'all not what each other think 
each other are. You showed us that day. Y'all both came through for each other. We all worked together. You have from 18 to 70. And we all came together. We can do that. And we can do that in our families. We can do that in our homes. But the issue is when we're going through this healing process, we have to break out of bond. Like we bond through trauma. We bond through negativity. And that and that's where the fighting, you know, the fair ones was a good thing at one point in time. But that's where it kind of went out of control, too, when, when everyone could shoot the fair ones because now people fighting their kids. Now they fighting the adults, they elders. Now you fighting at home, you fighting at school. Now everything's a fight. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? And we just gotta fight when our life's in danger, when it's necessary. Outside of that, we can we can talk. We can, we're civilized people. Like we can talk to each other. And that's why that's, that's one thing I'm I'm glad that that's the conversation too. Is that black people hate white people? We don't. No, we don't at all. We don't hate white people, and 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 I think that was one good evolution about Malcolm X was that people really need to understand that Malcolm X came and and his eyes was awakened once he returned from Mecca, and you know he was an extremist before he was you know he was almost I wouldn't say hate speech I want to use my words wisely because I don't want I, I'm a, definitely a follower of Malcolm X's teaching but he was an extremist you know yeah. what I'm saying yeah and taking that trip to Mecca, it opened up his eyes like all white people ain't bad. I said that to say this, uh, even my girl showed me some reels of white people defending that ass whooping. Like, yeah, no, yeah, you, you, you deserve to get your ass whooped. You know? <laughs> and it wasn't like they were scared, like, oh my God, let me get on the black people's side. No, I was like, no, you, you deserve to get your ass whooped. Yeah, and that's what, that's what ruins the world for the supremacists, for the older white people. When everyone has a voice and not one person has authority, you have to live in fairness. It has to be just. It has to be right. You can't just say, oh, well, they're black, throw them in jail. Because black people can get thrown in jail for whatever reason. When everything's fair and when everyone has the power, you have to be honest. See, black people, I, I would say we're honest people. But people think being honest means you don't tell a lie. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think that. I think being honest means you live to your truth. You know what I mean? You delaying if you was walking down the street and you heard, no matter the situation, you heard a younger guy talking crazy to an older lady, you're going to step in like, hey, yo, that's, that's not how we talk to our women. It's not how we talk to our queens. That, to me, is being an honest person. And you're going to do that with everybody, whether they're young, whether they're old, even when it's a woman. Like, yo, yo you don't talk to your king like that. You don't, That's being honest to me. You know what I mean? Prime example. Um... <clears throat> I was at the ATM the other day and, you know, these these African teenagers, uh, they got out their car. And as I was, you know, getting ready to go to the ATM, they, they cut in front of me. They walked. They did a walk up. And I was like, yo, I was like, you don't see this. You don't see this line back here. And it was like, bro, 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 just chill. I was like, chill for what? You know what I'm saying? You you out of line right now, bro. Yeah. Like, the other. And he was like, man, I think it'll just take a, a couple minutes. And I said, now, if I get out of this car and beat your ass, then it'll be something. I said, come on, bro. I said, you know what? I said, if it's that important, go ahead and do what you got to do, man. You know what I'm saying? Now, I had to look at the situation from all sides. I could have stood my ground. I could have made this a violent situation and made that situation a whole lot worse. You know what I'm saying? Now, my pride was injured. But we all got through it. They got through their transaction. 
I got through my transaction. But to stand in a situation like that and make a situation worse, sometimes we as people, we got to think like, how far are we willing to take this? Exactly. And, and me not so much scared that they had a gun, but having the thought in my mind that, you know, these dudes, I could, I could lose my life today over a place in line. Exactly. You know? and, and that's where, you know, we don't really think about it too much. You know, we always think about, I got punked, or I got this, or I got that. But you have to, like you said, Tim, think about the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? What did they go through that day? Exactly. That could have been their last straw. And and you know what I'm saying, ended my life. Or or vice versa. I would have ended their life. Now I won the fight, but I'm in jail. I'm no good to nobody. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Exactly. So we we do have to we have to think before we react. We we can't be such an emotional people that you're not gonna disrespect me or you're not gonna, you know what I'm saying, this, that, the other. And granted. I'm gonna be even real with you. If my girl was in the car, would the situation have probably been different? Probably, yeah, because my pride would have definitely been in the way. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it was at that point I was like, I thank God I was by myself. I could I took that L, let them go ahead and, and, and handle their transaction, got my transaction, and got my ass home. You know what I'm saying? But we just don't think in these situations when we're at the club, when somebody steps on our shoe. When somebody says something that doesn't seem quite rightly, you know, you can hear that disrespect in their voice, but we won't be best. We won't be bested by any means or anything like that. But you realize it's destructive behavior. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and you hit the nail on the head. You know what I mean? That's what my uncle used to tell me all the time. Like the man that wants to be right is the man of pride. You know, the man that stays alive is the man that's smart is the man that's thinking. You know what I mean? And that's how I know who's who when I see people in public. Because you'll get these old, big, biker-looking, you know what I mean, guys, the tattoos, the bald. They be out there holding doors up before people stepping where somebody stepped. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> and I'm just looking like, yo, big ass. I know you was a problem back in the day. <laughs> but look at you now. You know what I mean, and it, and that and it's not a look at you like you're a wimp now. It's like look, you've grown, like look at how much you've actually grown outside of your size, because your size was the biggest thing about you. Now look how much your character's grown. Look how much your brain has grown, because you realize you don't got to crash out over every little. You can, but you don't have to. You don't have to. You, you know what I mean. And you get, I see so many people in those situations when they're looking for help, and I talk to them, it, they're quick to say, well. This person forced me to get out of character. This person made me do like you. You had a choice. It may have been a hard choice, but you had a choice. They didn't make you do anything. Yeah. They only can do what you allow them to do. So if you allow them to get into your head, that's my favorite, you know, favorite thing on the court when I'm playing ball. I'm going to get into your head before the games even started. <laughs> I'm going to start talking <laughs> shit. I'm up here. I can, I'm in control. And, and I, I take that on the other side, too. I'm like, okay, I can't let people get in my head because then they're in control. I can't let them dictate how I feel. And that was the other thing, too, is that I had to realize I addressed the situation. So it wasn't a cowardice move to let them do that. Now, right. this move would have been just to say nothing and just, just take it. You right. know? But and, and, and I was always raised to say a coward dies a thousand deaths. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, 
be wise in that moment. I said, you know what? Let's all get home safe. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day. Yeah. And, uh, and the way humans are set up, the way I like understand how I work in my times when I really needed someone, it was rarely their presence that I needed. It's that voice that they left in my head. Like, come on, you, you sure you want to do that? Why are you doing that? There's a better way to do that. You know, it's just that voice. And I think a lot of times that's the best thing we can do for people. Not even telling them what to do. Just like, yo, rethink that. Like, did you really think about what you're doing and where you at right now? Do you see where this could go? You know, and I'm not telling you what to do or what not to do. I'm just saying, just think about your options. Yeah, and to, and, and to end that story, I want to end it on a positive note. When the gentlemen were done, they said, hey, my fault, OG. I apologize, OG. You know, both of them, right? My fault, Good. OG. OG. Good. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, you knew you was wrong. You knew I gave you grace. You knew I gave you a pass, but something, something inside of you said, I got a conscience too. Let me apologize to them. And they did. Swear to God, they didn't like, my fault. Yeah, because that's men and men. This is this is why, you know, and I had these conversations with my daughters. I had these conversations with a lot of women. Sometimes women talk to men in a way. Men don't talk to each other like that. It's because we have somewhat of an understanding. He probably kicked my ass, right? He got, <laughs> he got four homies in the store still, and I'm out here arguing with him, and they about to come out. So eat it, the brawl again. You thinking it's just them, then it's an army. <laughs> You know what I mean? So we talk to each other with a level of respect, but also a level of caution. Yeah. And that's where I had to grow up and realize being cautious is not being scary. You know what I mean? And at times, sometimes I'm I'm afraid because I'm in real danger. <laughs> 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 so to me, that, that lets me know I got a pulse. Let's me know I'm alive because this is something people should be afraid. It's 10 hooded men walking towards my house. Like this is something I should... Your skin should be crawling because you know nothing. They're, they're not coming here for nothing good. You know what I mean? So we had to get to a point where we rose above that. We we stopped calling ourselves cowards for staying alive, for doing what humans do best, for surviving. And that's why I said, and I'm not saying my girl's like this, but when you're in situations like I was in, your girl could be like, you going to let them do that to you? Exactly. Yeah. Man. <laughs> You don't want to look like a punk in front of your girl. So that could have been, it could have went a different way because now you got to go home to your people and be like, are you going to let them do that? <laughs> and you know they're going to have jokes. <laughs> no, so, so this is a perfect segue. When the women at the bra was getting their ass whooped, it was like, you know, everybody was trying to save the people that was beating their ass, but it was like, you got into something that you shouldn't have gotten into. And you fucked around and found out. And you with the wrong dude. Because yeah. even the first woman was trying to break it up. She was trying to stop the first white dude until the other ones ran up. That's when she knew, like, oh, it's it's a wrap. Because <laughs> she was trying to get in between and stop him. But it showed you their dynamic because he's still trying to bull through. Like, yeah. and you, in, you hold in the wrong. You loud and wrong. Like, you in the wrong. Listen, it's, <laughs> and, and, and I'll never, I'll never be, you know, I don't even want to get on that conversation, but in certain situations, there are roles and we are to provide and protect, you know what I'm saying? So at that point, I've been in situations where 
I told my woman, these are men. I don't care. Let me deal with it. Let me handle yeah. it. Yeah. I've supported my woman physically, like, you stay here. Yeah. <laughs> and let me go handle this situation. And let me handle it rationally because I also want to go home to you. You know what I'm saying? I am no good all shot the fuck up. I'm no good with my arm in a chicken wing. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm right. no good to you this way. So let me now let violence be the last resort. And I will say this because we have to end it. Violence was the only way to retaliate that situation. Absolutely. At three men jumping at a middle-aged man unfairly, unjustly. So when the Bible does say there's a time for war, I'm glad our people understood the assignment. It's time for war. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? Because one of ours is being unjustly handled mm -hmm. at time. So this, we don't stick together type of bullshit. No, we got to have a reason. You know what I'm saying? But what happens throughout the years is we've been so distracted and been fed so many things through media, fed so many things that distract us from uniting, from being woke, from understanding the assignment, that it takes something dramatic to be like, oh, let's come together. It takes a Rodney King. It takes a Tavon Martin. It takes a, a Trayvon Martin. It takes a George Floyd. It takes a situation like this, like, oh, shit, let's come together. Because otherwise, what are we filling our heads with all day? Twerking. Uh, uh, relationships talking about the war relationship we're, we're so distracted by the bullshit that we sometimes we don't know when to assemble and when not to assemble it yes. was dramatic for us to assemble but like you said going back to your point let's stop being distracted and that same unity that we had to beat their ass we can really make some shit happen for real yeah yeah and that and that i think the first step of order is we got to turn the news off it's a big reason why I stopped watching the news because I, you said it perfectly. We don't know when it's simple because they make every black person to seem like a criminal. And that's one thing that we are going to do. We're going to come with the fairness. So if a black person ever shot up a school, we ain't going to support that. We ain't going to help you get out and harbor you. We're going to turn you over to the authorities. <laughs> if a black person is getting in trouble for jaywalking, we're going to have to ride for you. We're going to have to, because come on now. This is a little extreme. You try to give him 10 years for Jaywalk because he ain't used the crosswalk. Come on. We're going to have to ride for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So where we get lost in the middle is we don't know who the criminals who not because they make all of us seem like thugs. So that's that was my favorite meme. After the white people got arrested, the caption just said, look at these thugs. <laughs> 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 that the tables is turned and everything. Y'all seeing how it feels now to be us. You got this transgender. You got these gay people. Y'all seeing how it feel to be us, be the outcasted, be last place, to come in and you already in the negative and everybody else is in the green. And you got to work twice as hard just to get back even. Y'all starting to see what it's been like to be black in this country. And they hate it. They can't deal with it for months. We've been dealing with this our whole lifetimes. Yeah. They can't take it for a few months at a job. At a, we got everywhere we go, we black. We can't turn that off. You know what I mean? We're in Columbus, Ohio, to where online is saying one of the nicest places to live. And then you go look at the national news. The, the police kill black people here, top of the country. The last 10 years, we've been in the top five cities for police killing black people. Not just police killing people, police killing black people. And most of them are juveniles. Most of them are kids. Yeah. How, can you, how can you spin both narratives? 
you're going to have to believe one or the other eventually. So if you believe this is a good place to leave, you got to believe all the nonsense ain't happening. You dig what I'm saying? If you believe the police are justly killing them, then you got to make the black people the criminals and the police the victims. You know, we buy into all those narratives because we're listening to it every day. So we can fix those things. You don't just blame the news. Turn the news off. Stop watching. You don't have to watch. Yeah. Stop yeah. following these pages that are just gossip. You don't have to tune in to that. You know what I mean? Man, that's, that's a start. This is definitely really putting our money where our mouth is. Thank you, Michelle. She said, good show, guys. Yes. We're going to wrap up. Uh, of course, everybody's seen my good news. Um, I have some further screening to do. So that's what I'll be doing at 11 o'clock is uh, screening for uh, the position at the Ohio Media School. It's, it's definitely a good look, man. Um, that's uh, huge. Thank you, man. Um, even people are stopping me on the street. And just saying, man, I'm definitely, once you get in position, I definitely want to work with you. Um, a lot of times you can't learn things through osmosis. You really have to learn this thing from the ground up. Uh, that's one of the questions that I'm going to ask Master P on Friday. Because he preached that when he started No Limit Records. He learned every part of that business and, and really took the time out to learn each and every single intricate part of how that business operates. And I hate to say it, and you know, I say better late than never. I really wish I was getting this information 20 years earlier, but now is the time I'm really going to take my time and learn every aspect of broad, the broadcasting business, really go to school and learn and not only learn, but teach as well. So, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm getting a two for one. But I'm really happy about this opportunity, too. I can tell, man. And it's a perfect fit. And like I was telling you um, last year, I've only met good people through that school, through that program, through that, you know what I mean, that company. Like, yeah. very, very good people. That they All of y'all are doing something. You know what I mean? You're doing something with what you have. And we couldn't ask for more, man. This is this is us taking the steps to unify. Some of us got to be the front runners. We got to get out there. We got to chop down the new woods, make a new path. You know, it's just it is. We got We're pioneers. That's why I consider myself. I want to do things first. I want to be the first one out there to experience it. So, what you're doing right now is taking a leap for so many kids, man. And that's yeah, that's honorable, bro. Congratulations again. That's huge. Thank you, man. I'm happy that you uh, have me back. Uh, so we we going to yes, be sir. everybody that's on the check-in right now. Join us back here next Thursday, uh, and we'll do it all over again, man. This has been a great conversation, Tim. Man, I'm, I'm just happy to have my brother back. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to be back, man. I um, I got seven books out now. I'm working on three more. I'm about to just keep dropping these books, man. I got a lot of people I've been helping drop their first books, so I think this is the season we in is helping each other, serving each other, being of service. Yeah. And and not just lip service. And people yeah. do that fake stuff all the time, but we outside. Yeah. And we gotta like I said earlier, it comes full circle. We gotta address the problem. So yeah. sometimes our friend has a drinking problem and we try and get them a better job. Like we gotta address the problem. We gotta help them with their drinking. We gotta get them some alternatives. Make sure they ain't on the bottle. We got to start really attacking what's, what's coming for our family. You know what I mean? Because we all got different problems. Right. But we got to get to know each other. And once we do that, man, we're we going to be as better as we ever been. You know what I mean? The world's going to be better for it. So 
I'm excited. I'm excited for everything new, man, and I'm glad to be back. Absolutely, man. This is good for us with DJ Lane Love signing out. We'll see y'all next week. God loves you and I do too. We out of here. Peace. Peace.